Welcome to the Thriving Faith Podcast, where we believe the Bible is true in its entirety and are here to equip Christians with biblical insights to live a Christ-like life. We inspire you to flourish in every area of your life, mind, body, and soul, to grow in the Word and closer to God, no matter what season you're in. Go ahead and listen in to embark on this life-changing journey to thrive as a Christian. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Proverb Day Challenge. And this is day 24. Wow. We literally have a week left for us to get over this challenge, but it has been amazing. And today I'm reading from Proverbs chapter 24 in the New King James Version. And it says, Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. For their heart devices violence, and their lips talk of troublemaking. Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. Wisdom is too lofty for a fool. He does not open his mouth in the gate. He who plots to do evil will be called a schemer. The devising of foolishness is seen, and the scoffer is an abomination to men. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Deliver those who are drawn toward death, and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? My son, eat honey because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to your taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, there is prospect, and your hope will not be cut off. Do not lie in wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not plunder his resting place. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the wicked, for there will be no prospect for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. My son, fear the Lord and the king, and do not associate with those given to change, for their calamity will rise suddenly, and who knows the ruin those two can bring. These sayings also belong to the wise. It is not good to show partiality in judgment. He who says to the wicked, you are righteous, him the people will curse. Nations will abhor him. But those who rebuke the wicked will have delight, and a good blessing will come upon them. He who gives a right answer kisses the lips. Prepare your outward work. Make it fit for yourself in the field, and afterward build your house. Do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause. For would you deceive with your lips? Do not say, I will do to him just as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all grown with thorns. Its surface was covered with needles. 
its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sheep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your needs like an armed man. And I've got two sites of knowledge, pieces of knowledge on the verses I was reading that I didn't really have in the notes. And I want to say them before I forget them. Please, Holy Spirit, just remind me. The one is where it says that if you're telling the truth, you will kiss the lips. I'm trying to see. That is verse 26. And it says, he who gives the right answer kisses the lips. And you remember when Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus, right? The action that he made, he did not say a word. He did not say, this is the man. He hugged him and gave him a kiss. So it kind of gives me an insight that in those times, that would be a sign of truth, farewell, and honesty. And Judas used this even when he was lying. And it just came to me like a light bulb moment. And that's the pureness of the word. Like when I was studying this whole chapter, I wrote down my notes, the things that I have learned. But as I read it again, this came up like a light bulb moment. And it's very precious. I take those moments like very, very, very precious to me. And today has been a weird day for me. Just a slow morning, low energy. And I didn't have good sleep. So things like that. Just to be reminded that when I read the word of God, there's encouragement. God still sees me even on my bad days. And oh, Holy Spirit remind me. The other one has skipped my mind, but I know it will come back to my head soon. But it is amazing. Oh, it has come back. Thank you, Lord. So in verse 6, it says, For by wise counsel you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And we read a couple chapters back where we're saying, where the Bible was saying that there is safety in the midst of counselors and we ought to seek good counsel. So who are the people we're surrounding ourselves with? And here it's saying, for by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. You have received the wise counsel. Now you start the war. Remember, you may lose the war, but you're going to win the battle. And I don't remember if I read that or I had it somewhere, but it made so much sense that even on our bad days, we may lose the war, but we're going to win the battle. All right? I don't know if it makes sense. Like, it excites me. I'm just like, I'm fire. I'm just like, wow. That gives me strength to keep pushing. And here the Bible is telling us, and in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. So now that you have waged the war based on wise counsel, the counselors are there to give you the safety to walk right behind you. How many of us can stand now two feet and say, when I am battling something spiritually, I have people standing with me. And now this took me a lot of years, like a lot of years till I... And I've been a Christian for 20 years, but I only got to know about this in like my mid-20s. Like having people where you're just like, I do not have to explain the situation, but pray for me. And this is a hint of it. And no questions asked and you are 100% sure you're up there on the prayer board. How many of us can stand on our two feet and say, I have 
wise counsel surrounding me and I am safe. Let this be like a reality check of, oh, wow. Am I just good on vibes <laughs> with the people I'm surrounding myself with? Am I, you know, just catching up with them on Sunday when I see them at church? Are they really standing in the gap for you to be wise counsel and guide you spiritually? So if you have none, don't feel horrible. There's still a way. The Lord, ask the Lord and he will guide you and direct you in the direction. So now let's dive into the verses that really caught my eye. Those two insights I honestly just got when I was reading. And I really thank God that they came up. So if it was you who needed them, definitely the Holy Spirit knew I needed to put it out there. And I did. So now let's dive into the verses. The first verses, the first verses that catch my eye are verse 3 and 4. And they read, Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Are you seeing how knowledge, wisdom, and understanding work hand in hand? Are you noticing that? I remember when I was in primary, our teacher would tell us, Whenever I ask God, don't forget to ask for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And, you know, I kind of just like crammed it without a deeper understanding of what that looked like. I crammed the prayer of whatever I'm praying. I say, oh, Lord, give me knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. It was more like a rap of give me knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. <laughs> and now that I'm doing the Proverbs a day challenge, I am actually seeing that these three Walk hand in hand. Now you have the knowledge of the Lord. He gives you wisdom and understanding. And these three are very beautiful. Now just imagine how you got the wisdom. You built the house. Right? And then you have the understanding. It was established. Like completed, set up, furnished. You know. Then now you have the knowledge to put every piece in place to where it needs to be for the house to be beautiful. All those three we need in life when we're doing life, be it a decision. It may not necessarily be building a house. It could be finding a job, raising children. All these three walk together. And the next verses that stood up for me are 13 and 14. And they say, my son, eat honey because it is good. And the honeycomb, which is sweet to your taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, there is a prospect and your hope will not be cut off. Wow. Here we're saying that knowledge and wisdom are sweet to the soul. And they give us hope. Because it's saying in verse 14, uh, so shall knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. And now you have the knowledge of the most wise sayings or the instructions of God. They're sweet to the soul. So keep them close to give you hope. Just like what I was saying, it's pretty refreshing to see that we can read the word of God and be like on fire, even on a bad day and know that God is watching me. He sees me and he's with me in moments like this. So be sure to seek knowledge and wisdom of God. And the other verse that sounds up for me is verse 16. And it's honestly very plain. 
It says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. And the thing that stood out for me here is where it says, For a righteous man, it did not say the evil man, the righteous man. And for me, as a recovering perfectionist, this is very crucial in my life because when I became a Christian, I knew, okay, now I got to follow the rules. This is what I do. This is not what I'm supposed to do. And all these things, it felt like I was following a guideline of what I should do. I was young too. And the more I grew in the word and understood God better in his character, it felt like, oh, if I want to be on the good side of God, I better not let him down. And now that is religion. That is what religion tells you. Do not break the rules. Do not even think of going astray. But Christianity, the beauty about Christianity is it is okay to fall down. What matters is how you get up, right? And here you are. You know there's a person who loves you despite your sin, despite your falling, and it's very encouraging here because the verse 16 shows us that even the righteous are prone to falling. Yeah, because how many of us think of being holy and being right with God, which is righteousness, that we don't have to sin, we don't have to fall short. But clearly here the Bible is telling us that for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. So it what matters is how you rise again to know that Christ loves you. He doesn't even remember your past. He loves you no matter what. And he sees you. So if you're a perfectionist or a recovering perfectionist, this may be hard to get into your head, but find it comforting that the Lord sees you and even if you say Christian 10, 20, 30, 50 years plus, you are still going to fall. What matters is how you get back up because he loves you so much and he's right there with you. And the next verse is a tana for me, uh, verse 24 and 25. And they say, he who says to the wicked, you are righteous, him, the people will curse. Nations will abhor him. But those who rebuke the wicked will have delight. And a good blessing will come upon them. And he's showing us the rebuke is good. You know that? It, it's telling us, but those who rebuke the wicked will have delight. Because we are supposed to rebuke one another. When you see a brother or a sister falling short, in a loving way, that is what I, I want to add. In a loving way, rebuke them. And if they're wise, they will love you for rebuking them and calling them out on their crap. But, if they're fools, the Bible clearly told us, they will not appreciate your rebuke. And here what I'm seeing is, as a Christian, let's call a spoon a spoon. Let's not just sugarcoat people's sin just because we don't want to hurt their feelings. Just because we don't want to lose the friendship with them. The Bible here is telling us that clearly, when you rebuke the weakened, we will have delight and a good blessing will come upon them because that is the right thing to do. How many people in the Bible have we seen who have been rebuked by their friends, Paul, Timothy? I mean, they've all been rebuked, but it depends on how you take it. If you take it as a defense, then you're most likely a fool, sorry to say. And if you take it as good counsel, oh, welcome wise one. <laughs> so do not sweet talk or sugar talk or sugarcoat sin and evil. Let's call a spoon a spoon. Let's call a spade a spade. I was watching a video yesterday on TikTok and it was 
someone in leadership. I don't want to use the name pastor or prophet, but it was someone in leadership who they were asking questions and they say, is sex before marriage a sin? And he said, no. And I was like, okay, I want to hear him out. And he goes ahead to say that God does not condemn sex before marriage. And I was totally, totally infuriated of thinking, how could someone who has a lot of flock, delicate sheep for the Lord, be telling the church this? Because that's a clear lie. That's a clear lie. We've seen fornication, sexual immorality, you know, being gay, lesbianism, homosexuality, all this stuff is sin. So is sex before marriage. It's sin. It is clearly fornication. And I'm not saying that I'm holier than thou. Here I am to call you out and, you know, drag you down. No, I have fallen short myself. But that does not mean that I take away what the Bible says just because I want to be nice to my own sin. It is what it is. It is fornication. So let's be, let's rebuke others, call a spoon a spoon and do not sugarcoat sin. And the other verse that stands out for me is verse 29. It says, do not say I will do to him just as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. And as much as we may say, oh, I do not do tit for tat or revenge, and now I'm just being honest with myself, like full on transparent is I do not think I did this with other people. But once I got married, I felt like I was doing some things just because my husband did something. And I was like, oh, let me show you what that means. More like a clap back of let me show you how I felt. And it was until later on where we talked to a counselor and I was justifying what I was doing, <laughs> just like we all do, because we are humans and our flesh is so deceitful. And they were like, no, that sounds like a tit for tat. And I was like, it's not a tit for tat. I just wanted to see how much pain I had to go through when he did this or said this or blah, blah, blah. And when I read this verse today, I was like, oh, wow. The Bible actually says we should not do it. And it says, do not say, I will do to him just as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. So do not be like me. I've had my foolish moments, I'll tell you that. And I'm glad that I've grown to find this as a safe space so we can all learn and grow together on here and also be inspired not to make the mistakes that I made <laughs> or that I have made on this walk with the Lord. But to see it as a way of let me not do that because the Bible does not say that. And my biggest takeaways from this have been not to revenge, to hold on to God's instruction and work hard. Because verse 30 says, I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And that was all grown with thorns. And it says in verse 33, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, so shall your poverty come like a prowler. So let's work hard. Let's work hard. Let's be diligent in walking with the Lord in our ways of life and be forgiving and not do tit for tat. So hope this passage of scripture encouraged you, inspired you to do better to walk with the Lord and also grow in the Lord 
Feel free to share it with all your friends. Invite them to join us for the Proverb a Day Challenge. It is literally 31 days, a whole month of dedicating yourself to growing in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of the Lord. And feel free to follow me on Instagram, Imelda Nanziato, and get some Bible supplies from us on Instagram, Thrive in Faith Co. See you next time.